welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locks On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful and handsome host of this podcast, might I add. Graduated from college or should be graduating this semester, I should say. I thought I graduated. I ended up missing a credit. Now I'm back in college for my final semester at Arizona State University. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas 24 dot myportfolio.com on there you can see all my latest work my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com now on today's pod i want to talk about that magnificent showing of luke weaver last night the best start he had all season we'll talk about whether we should buy into that or not. And I also want to talk about Nick Ahmed and how he's been able to break out uh, kind of during this season, especially in the month of August. So we'll definitely talk about Luke Weaver and Nick Ahmed in this first segment. And then in the second segment today, I want to talk about whether we should finally start buying in again to this D-backs team. Is it finally start to? Is it finally time to start believing them again? We'll get into that and more on today's pod. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's talk about Luke Weaver and Nick Ahmed. But first, I'll start with Luke Weaver. And, you know, his start last night, because it was finally a start that could give us some confidence as D-backs fans. It was his first start all year, if you could believe it. We made it more than four innings. I know that's hard to believe for a guy who's, you know, started five games this year. For a guy who was traded for a franchise a face of a franchise and Paul Goldschmidt, you know, uh, a franchise superstar, uh, you know, just I don't know what more I could say about Paul Goldschmidt. He was everything to this D-backs team and their fandom. And, you know, Luke Weaver was traded for him. Also Carson Kelly. So let's not forget about him. But Luke Weaver, I think, was the prize in that trade. He was the guy that we look at with the biggest upside and potential. He's the guy that if he's living up to his potential, if he's living up to that number two starter, that a lot of us think he can be, then we can stomach the trade losing a guy like Paul Goldschmidt. It's all worth it if Luke Weaver can live up to his billing. And so far during the season, we all know Luke Weaver has struggled mightily. He's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball this season. His stats overall on the year are just atrocious. I mean, his, his ERA on the season is a 9-1-6 and actually went down after yesterday's start. It was in the 11s. It was like 11-something. Now it went down to 9-1-6. He's given up 19 earned runs and only 18.2 innings pitched. So he's been awful in that area. Luke Weaver's biggest strength is that he's actually a strikeout artist. Like, like A lot like Robbie Ray. He's averaged 11.1 strikeouts per nine, so that hasn't been the issue. Luke Weaver's issue has been giving up hits, giving up home runs, Walking dudes and just getting shelled and getting shelled early. Look, Weaver is a guy typically like, like I said before with Robbie Ray, they have a lot of similarities. One of those similarities is they both like to get hit 
early. Luke Weaver's first inning stats is opponents are batting 385 off Luke Weaver in the first inning with 1154 OPS. So Luke Weaver has really struggled mightily in those situations. And he's a guy that hasn't pitched deep into ball games. The more the more lineups see Luke Weaver, the better they do. The way, usually when they go through that second time in the lineup, that's where Luke Weaver starts to struggle. And the numbers even bear that out because in innings one through three, Luke Weaver's, uh, you know, he, he's been bad in the first inning, as I said. The first inning has been bad for Luke Weaver. The second inning has been bad for Luke Weaver. But he's been better in the early innings. He, he's, he's had an issue of giving up runs early, like I said. But he's actually even worse, if you could believe it, the second time through the lineup because innings four through six, and last night was the first time he made it through the six or uh, made it through the fifth inning. But we'll look specifically as his fourth inning stats since that's that's usually the inning where he gets taken out. That's the inning where he struggles the most. Luke Weaver in the fourth innings this season, opponents are batting five hundred against him with an OPS of eighteen fifty. Just think about that, and it's only he hasn't pitched a ton in the fourth inning, just two and a two-thirds innings all season, but it's by far his worst inning of the year, or it's by far his worst inning in any start he could do. Luke Weaver gets absolutely shelled in the fourth inning. He's given up 11 earned runs in 2.2 innings pitch in, the, in, the, in that fourth inning on the season, so... When you look at his other innings, one through three, he's only given up five earned runs total the whole year. But just the fourth inning specifically, he's given up 11 earned runs in that inning. So last night was a game where I was like, wow, Luke Weaver finally can do something. And he's pitched into the fifth inning before, but it was the first time he actually finished the fifth inning last night. So that was great to see. And it makes you wonder whether Luke Weaver can you know, keep it up. Is that a sign of better things to come for Luke Weaver? You know, that's a real question. That's a question we had for Robbie Ray in his last start because looking at Robbie Ray's last start, as I said, I wasn't that impressed with it. He only threw 45 strikes out of 95 pitches. He still walked his six dudes. So it was still really a mediocre start for Robbie Ray. But for Luke Weaver last night against Oakland, it was a good start. It was a quality start. 52 of his 87 pitches went for strikes. He had 19 strikes for looking. He He had 19 looking strikes. And he only gave up one earned run, and he didn't give up a home run. The first start all season, we didn't give up a home run. His ERA, oh, I have it right here, entering the game was 11.85 last night. It went down to 9.16, which is, I guess, for him. He went five innings, only three hits, and one earned run, as I said. Went six strikeouts and one walk. So he did a good job of not walking a lot of guys, which is something he's improved on. If you look at his first start, he walked two. And Luke Weaver hasn't really struggled with walks too much this season. But if you look at his last two starts before this one, he only had two walks total, a walk apiece. So he's only walked one guy in his last three starts apiece. So that's pretty solid. You like to see that. The strike-up numbers went back up in this start, six strikeouts and five innings pitch. You like to see that. The only one earned run is nice. And so Luke Weaver, if you just look at his last three starts, it's starting to look at least a little bit better. Uh, Tori Lovello had that one start with him when he, you know, pulled him after three innings. He gave him still two earned runs. Then in his next start, he had four earned runs in three in the third inning. That didn't look good, but he still only had one walk, still had three strikeouts, two home runs wasn't. That, that's not something you want to see. But in his most recent start, the one last night, the one earned run, as I said, the one walk is beautiful, six strikeouts, five innings. Last night was great. Luke Weaver on the year, 
has thrown 61% of his pitches for strikes. So that's a pretty solid number, but I would like to see that number a little bit higher. And last night, Luke Weaver threw 52 of his 87 pitches for strikes. So that's actually below his season average of 61% of his balls being thrown for strikes or pitches being thrown for strikes. So it actually was at 59% last night. So he, he didn't throw as many strikes as he usually does when comparing it to his total number of pitches thrown. So that's a little bit of a concern. He still threw a good amount of balls. But I like how it only took him 87 pitches to go through five, maybe another inning. would you know Maybe he would have got shelled in that sixth inning if he went out for another one. But I would have liked to see it. You know, we haven't seen him pitch too deep into ball games, and maybe this Tori Lavello model is working for him. You know, keeping him on a short lease and easing his way into, you know, more more of a leash. You know, as he works through the season, as he gets more comfortable, more confidence, and starts to look better, maybe Tori Lavello extends that leash a little bit. But right now, it's been working for him, at, you know, recently. Just looking at the last three starts, two of his last three have been pretty solid, still nothing great. But, you know, last night's start at least gave me some confidence, more than the Robbie Ray start. And you know what? It gave me a little bit of hope of maybe this guy could turn it around this season. I still have no faith in Robbie Ray. But right now, I have a little bit more faith, a little bit more optimism when it comes to Luke Weaver. So, Luke Weaver, keep doing what you're doing, and you need to keep that up. Otherwise, I'm ready to bump you from this rotation for someone else. But you know who I'm not bumping from my rotation? RockAuto.com, because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? Your computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for, for, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we send you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to it. And let's talk about Nick Ahmed and whether we should finally start to buy into this D-backs team fully. So Nick Ahmed is one of those guys like a David Peralta yesterday, who I think has kind of gone under the radar this year. Things because he started off the season so badly. He's one of the worst offensive players on this D-backs team in the month of July. But when it came to August... Nick Ahmed flipped the switch and he's just been a different monster in the, you know, during this uh, August run, during this stretch of games where D backs have won 10 of their last 13. Uh, Nick Ahmed is right there in the mix for why they've been able to do that. 
If you look at RBIs on this team, Nick Ahmed is currently third on this team in total RBIs. So he's been a run uh, a run producer, bringing home guys, and has also been able to score a lot himself. Second on this team in run scored. So he's bringing home guys, he's getting on base, and he's getting scored himself by putting himself in good situations. And Nick Ahmed has just been a guy that's kind of flown under the radar this season. Last In last night's game, Nick Ahmed went off for the D-backs team. He was huge in last night's game. He had a home run in that first inning that saw nine D-backs, all nine D-backs, get to the plate in that first inning. And he cleaned up with five rubies and just finished a triple short of the cycle. So Nick Ahmed had a huge night last night. And when you look at a split like David Peralta, well, when you look at Nick Ahmed splits like a David Peralta, I should say, it's very similar because both of them struggled in the month of July and then turned it on in the month of August. But for Nick Ahmed, it's even more pronounced how bad he was in July. Let me just tell you these splits in these two different months. In July, Nick Ahmed batted 080. He batted below 100 in seven games started in July. He had two hits in 25 at-bats. He had one run scored, and he basically did nothing else. No RBIs, no stolen bases, no home runs, no doubles. He had three walks and three strikeouts. He had a he had an OPS of 259. The man did absolutely nothing in the month of July. But in the month of August, in 16 games, he had 16 RBIs in 16 games. He's batting 364, uh, an OPS of 1017. Uh, he's got 20 hits in 55 at-bats. He's done a little bit of everything, 14 runs scored, and he's just been an, an absolute stud in that situation. And one of the biggest reasons why Nick Ahmed has been able to pick it up so much is because he absolutely destroys right-handed pitching this year. He's batting 302 off right-handed pitching with an OPS of 823. So he's been doing good. His slugging is 460. So he's still not a lot of power, but he's making solid contact against those right-handed pitchers. And that's where a lot of his RBIs are coming from. And then like a David Peralta, People don't realize that Nick Ahmed has been one of the most clutch D-backs this season where runners in scoring position, you know, it's really, uh, it's a short list of guys on this team who you want up at the plate, and Nick Ahmed is on that short list. You know, with runners in scoring position and 21 at-bats, he's batting 429 with nine hits, 14 runs scored, and 15 RBIs. It's a 1460 OPS with runners in scoring position. So Nick Ahmed has finally started to have a little bit of an offensive tear this season, or a little bit of an offensive breakout season. And, you know, we know he's a defensive wizard. We know he's a gold glove caliber. You know, he's a guy who can win the gold glove every single year if he wanted to. But the biggest question was always... His offense, whether he could get it done on that side of the ball. And his first, what, four or five years in baseball wasn't much. Really just in four seasons. First four seasons, he was a guy who kind of batted 220 most of the time, batted near 230. He had no power, less than uh, nine home runs or less every year. And it's because he wasn't really a full-time player until 2018. And when the D-backs did make him a full-time player in 2018, he still couldn't hit for average 230, couldn't get on base, only a 290 OBP in 2018. But what he did have is pop. He had 16 home runs, which is nothing to sneeze at. He had 70 RBI, so he looked like a guy who could be, you know, maybe a bottom of the lineup, like a seventh man in your lineup who could provide some home run production and some RBI production. And then 2019... He had 19 home runs with over 80 RBIs, and his offensive numbers steadily improved from 2019 to 2018. His OBP was still not that good, but it was improvement from 290 to 316 the next season. 
His OPS went from 700 to 753. As I mentioned, more home runs, but a little bit more pop. He still had 33 doubles, the same he had in 2018, but he just showed a little bit more at the plate, a little bit more patience. He still struck out 113 times, but he, he just looked a lot more confident at the plate. His swing looked a lot better, and it resulted in more home runs. Now you fast forward to 2020, and he looks like he's taken. He's, it looks like he's taken another leap after that slow start. He's batting 275 on the year with 340 OBP, 778 OPS, and he's got three home runs with 16 RBIs. So on this team, he's actually one of the league leaders in power. He's one of the league leaders in RBIs, runs scored, hits. You know, he's done a little bit of everything for this D-backs team on the offensive side, and plus, we know he can give you. On the defensive side, you know, it's really raised the value of Nick Ahmed and really made you appreciate it really makes you appreciative of the kind of player he's starting to turn into. So I like what Nick Ahmed did. I just wanted to give him a shout out and, you know, give him some credit for how well he's been playing this year. Now, with that being said, does that mean we should buy more stock? you know, into this D-backs team? Should we finally buy what the D-backs have done in this last 13 games, winning 10 of their last 13, and kind of, you know, just chalk it up, their slow start to it being due to, you know, this long hiatus due to this pandemic, you know, not having too many warm-up games, not too many spring training games to get back into it. And you just needed a little, a little bit more time than other teams, you know. Not everyone was in similar situations. Maybe the D-backs were a team that needed... Uh, a little bit more time to get back into things because a lot of these guys, if you look at their splits, their last two weeks destroyed their first two weeks in the season, and that's true for David Peralta, Nick Ahmed, Starling Marte, David, uh, I already said David Peralta, Cole Calhoun is the guy I want to say. So you look at those guys, you know, this team has fine, you know, starting to wake up on the offensive side of the ball, and these numbers are looking pretty good. Starring Marte's batting 361 with a 954 OPS. I told you Nick Ahmed what he's doing. Cole Calhoun has been on a, a power tear the last couple of weeks. He has like five or six home runs in his last two weeks. He has seven on the season. Uh, Ketel Marte has just been steady Eddie, the best player, you know, consistently on this team all year. David Peralta has been a masher in that middle of the lineup in terms of being a run producer and just a guy who could count on with runners in scoring position. And then Christian Walker just been a guy who's been overlooked this whole year. He's been, you know, arguably the second most consistent guy from day one on this team. So this D-backs team is going like six deep in this lineup right now. If Eduardo Escobar can ever get out of his slump, he could be the missing piece, you know, in that seven hole. And then we'll see where Carson Kelly, if he could start to bring the pop again. Then you're looking at an eight-man lineup for this D-back squad. And really, the reason why I want to buy, you know, more stock into this D-back team, why I have so much confidence that, you know, what we're seeing in these, you know, last 13 games is not a fluke is because I think this team has a lot of talent. And when I look at the team specifically behind the D-backs, they don't scare me. I don't, I'm not super scared of the teams behind the D-backs. Right now, third in the wild card standings are the Miami Marlins. They're a team that, you know, they're never, they haven't done anything in the last few years. So why would I believe in this situation, just because we're a short season pandemic, that the Marlins are all of a sudden going to make the playoffs when they've been one of the worst teams in baseball the last few years. The Padres are a team I will never trust. I told Javi Peno uh, weeks ago that I didn't trust the Padres.